angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plains And the mountains in reply Echoing their joyous Angels we have heard on high Singing sweetly through the night And the mountains in reply Echoing their brave delight Awesome. The sing-off next Wednesday, starting back. Thank God for that. My favorite group. So how you guys doing today? Yeah? You guys ready for Christmas? Shopping's all done. Everything's all wrapped. Yeah, right. Not fooling me. Sounds like they're asleep today. Um, what I want to do, I'd like to go ahead and do, do something. Um, many of you know uh, Margie Bochelle. Margie, who usually sits right over here with Dot. Um, Margie, uh, the other day, was taking some things to go put on uh, the grays for family and fell and broke her hip. Um, so as we speak right now, she, they're prepping her for 
surgery, and she's going to be going in um, for hip surgery. And uh, Margie is uh, in her 90, right? How old is Margie? 91. Um, I know she, she's amazing. And uh, for those of you who don't know Margie and have been around here for a while, you remember Johnny's Chicken. Um, so you, so um, that's uh, the family. So what I'd like to do right now is just, um, I just prayed with Liz, um, her daughter, and on the phone while they were prepping her. So I'd just like to gather right now and ask everybody to just please stand before we begin to continue to worship. Part of worship is prayer and giving our thanksgiving to God. And so I'd just like to go to God right now for Margie, and if you'll join me with that. Lord God, we just come to you right now. We know that, um, that several of our church family are going through a lot of things right now. One of those is... Uh, Margie and the rest of the Beauchelle family, God, just um, she's just such a sweetheart, and I know she's just taking it as it is, um, but God, God, we just pray right now that um, as they're prepping her for surgery, that you work your healing in her life right now. Be with a family that I know is concerned, but also um, just hates to see their mother and grandmother like this. So God, whatever you're doing um, right now in this place, we ask that you bring that same healing and presence to Margie's body and to uh, the family and to you be the chief physician in that uh, in that operating room and for all these things we'll give you the glory and honor in advance in Christ's name everybody says amen anybody happy anybody joyful oh you guys are dead wake up right Say 
Shout it out to the rooftops here. Church, you guys awake? You guys ready to shout at the rooftops? Stop, stop. 
out, church. And all that I am, I place into your loving hands, and I am yours. I am yours. So I'll shout out your name from the rooftops. I proclaim that I am yours. place into your loving hands and I am challenges that people are dealing with so much stuff you're dealing with heartbreak during this time of year you're dealing with bad news you're dealing with things that are just tearing you apart and this bad news just seems to be overcoming your whole entire life but I'm here to tell you there's a good news and his name is Jesus it's the great news so what I want to do right now I just want to go back into that verse a couple more times and just go ahead and, and, and just just worship the Lord and say you know apart from all the stuff that's going on right now God so I'll shout out your name from the rooftops. I'll proclaim that I am yours regardless of the health, regardless of the financial, regardless of the relationship. I am yours. I am yours. And all that I have, even the mess that I have, I'm going to place into your arms. So right now, let's go ahead and sing that again and just worship the Lord.
Lord, that um, no matter what the challenge is, we know that everything else can fail, everything else can crumble. But God, we recognize that when it all comes down, everything that we have is yours, that you bought and paid for it on a cross called on Calvary so many years ago, and you gave your life, and you gave it for me, and I give you praise for who you are, God. Just fill this room and fill our hearts with your love and your presence. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Everybody um, have a seat and be staying put. All right, today um, we light our third candle in Advent. Does anybody remember what they were? First ones? What was the first one? Starts with an H, ends with an Ope. Hope, okay, there we go. And last week was ended with Of. Love, there you go. This week, we write this one. We're going to talk about joy. We're going to lift up joy. So we have, so in the three candles, we have hope, oh, love, and joy. And so we got one more left, and then we'll light the Christ candle. So let's go ahead and, and pray, because I, I know, recognize that many of us, uh, we started with joy to the world today. And it did sound like a lot of us were really connected to that joy, am I right? Because um, I know we got a lot of stuff going on. We got uh, tragedies and families. We got situations. But we have, we have hope in a God who sent his son, Jesus. We have love that the Father has given to us. That love is simply this, that greater love has no one than this than he laid down his life for his friends, that God sent his son to live, to suffer, to die. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And ultimately, we have joy. I, when I was a little kid in Sunday school, they taught me joy, what it means. Jesus, others, and you. And I still remember it. Um, but the joy that we have is in Christ. And no matter what the situation is, that's what we have. So let's go to Lord in prayer right now. Lord God, we just come to you right now. We thank you for your presence and your Holy Spirit. And so during the rest of this time together, we commit ourselves and this life to you that in those areas where we are struggling, in those areas where we can't find joy, may we find it in you. And so God, fill our hearts with joy where sin has riddled us, where bad news has replaced the joy of living, God, we lift it up and we ask that you replace the bad news with the good news. And as we commit the rest of this time to you, God, be with us, guide us, and direct us. As now we stand and sing, here I am to worship. Here I am to worship, here I am to worship. 
children can now head to our shoreline ministry, Sunday school ministry. Is just go ahead and some, uh, greet somebody around you real good. Tell them uh, early Merry Christmas or good luck getting your presents or whatever you want to say. Go ahead. glad that you're here today. If you're visiting with us, um, welcome. We're, we're thrilled that you're here. We don't believe that you're here by mistake. We're just glad that you're here to worship the Lord with us today. And I always, I always love, like, we practice songs, but I always love when God takes it and brings worship to it, you know, and really brings His presence in the midst of it today. So hopefully you've experienced some of that already in our worship today. But welcome. Uh, next Sunday, um, you, we are going to have our Sunday school Christmas uh, pageant, and it's just one week away. You can see the dress rehearsal is again on the 20th. And if you have any 
questions, you can contact Debbie G. Virgilio. Her, um, her number is in there. Today after church, right here, we will be having our uh, men's group kickoff right after church. So if you're interested, it's this uh, group right here in this section here. And Jake and some others will be here to go ahead and connect. And just really want to get that men's ministry together and get us rolling. Um, and we hope that everybody's there. Please mark your calendars already. We have two options for Christmas Eve this year, 6.30 and 8.30. And, um, and so we're going to have a great time to celebrate the Lord's birth. And um, we'll be talking a little bit. Next week, I will have something for you to take with you so that you can invite and bring somebody with you so you don't have to do all the knowledge, but you can go ahead and, and share with them and give, get the word out to get people to come. It's a great time for here. Scripture ministry reading. We have some people who've been reading Scripture for 2014 and those who are willing and would like to go ahead and read Scripture for us here in 2014. Um, 15, please feel free to go ahead and contact that information there. Today is the last day for poinsettias, um, so please fill that out. If, you're, uh, if you forget after today, go home, make sure you do it on the, um, on, on the web. We can fill it out there. You can pay for it and everything right here, but you need to do that by today so that we can get them in um, for uh, the Christmas season. Also, uh, we have the last day for angel tree today as well. So if you needed to get an angel and pick that out and go ahead with that, you can see the information on the back of your information sheet that we have. Uh, Parish Foundation, do we still need some help? Okay, so a couple more people if you'd like to help. That'll be December 21st, which is next week, believe it or not. Um, the year is quickly heading, heading down uh, the, the finale, but we're going to enjoy that time to go ahead and get together. Also, um, for those of you who may be visiting um, or just need information, if you like, we do have a nursery provided for our young children, which is um, the uh, uh, almost down the end of the hallway there. You'll see them or hear them, um, and it'll be a great opportunity. Um, and if you uh, are nervous about nursery or you also are concerned that, um, you know, you just wanted to have them with you and kids may get a little restless. We also provided the um, this re service on the screen out here. If you'd like to sit there, you have some um, changing issues or other kinds of things, or it may be somebody you came with, you need to change them. Go ahead and do that out there. You may want to take that out of here, but on second thought, but um, right there, we just want to have that as an opportunity for you so that you don't get distracted and others don't, and that you can go ahead and continue to worship with us, okay? So that's um, something we provided for you. All right, uh, and then just welcome. If you receive that card, please go ahead and turn that in, and um, and we have a small gift for you. Thank you for being here. If you're visiting with us, also I want to lift up. I lifted this up at the beginning of service, and we pray first. So obviously, right now we're um, over there is missing uh, Margie and the rest of the gang, um, but we know that she is having surgery right now. So we want to lift her up in prayers. Um, for Melinda in the back, um, her mom is home and keep praying that her knee will heal and the cellulitis will heal. Ian had an ingrown toenail removed and pray for, and he had an infection with it, so keep praying for him and healing. And um, Lois has asked for prayer for Cecilia Farrow. We want to lift up in prayers as well. And also, um, I know John and Trish got uh, engaged this week, so we're, uh, we're happy that they're engaged now, and we ask God to be with them. And I just want to say, um, yesterday I received a great blessing. I had the opportunity um, to pray at um, something, and I want to thank uh, Jim, Lieutenant Jimmy Russell of State Police for all that he does. Um, there was 60-some uh, kids, right, and 30 families that lives were changed at, by Shop with a Cop yesterday. And it is amazing to see 
just in three years um, what a heart and a vision does to change people's lives. And um, it was amazing. If you were in Walmart and you saw a lot of kids running around with policemen, or you saw a lot of police cars, there was nothing bad there. It was all good. Um, so, but it was awesome. And so thank you for that and his wife, Laura, for all that they did. Because um, that's what it's about. It's, about. it's about being in the community and changing lives. We hear so much that those who uh, serve and protect our lives, um, there's a lot of negativity in the news. Um, but we forget that they put their life on the line and that they do some awesome stuff. And so for our police officers and uh, uh, firemen and women, um, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and have special recognition Sundays for them this year because that's important to do. Uh, so um, you ready to continue in worship today? Let's, let's go ahead and do so. And bow with me, if you will, in prayer as we continue to honor God. Lord God, we come to you today and we just thank you once again uh, for just you and all that you give to us. And so during the rest of this time, Lord, we just ask that um, you anoint this service. Particularly, God, as we move to this time where we lift up prayers to you. And the prayers that we lift up to you are for those in healing. We've already lifted up one with our sister Margie. And God, we know you're ministering to that right now as we speak. But there's so many other needs that we've lifted up. There's joys of marriages. And the God, joys of just people giving of their time to go ahead and give those who are a little less fortunate in this world an opportunity to, to really celebrate your birth and have joy in their hearts. And we, I thank you for that. And so now, God, for all the blessings that you bestowed on us and so many others, we come to the time where either we're, if we're watching online or we're here, that we can go ahead and give back to you. Everything that we have is from you, God. And we want to go ahead and just take this time to give you thanks. And so, God, we ask that you send your anointing on these gifts, these tithe and offerings. Because, God, this world does not change without your Holy Spirit. And so, Father, send your blessing upon both the gift and the tithe and upon the giver and the tither. And God, multiply it and use it to further your kingdom. Because when we look at all the needs in our community and our world, it's impossible to think that we can begin to scratch the surface of the needs that are there. But with you, all things are possible. So God, as we give back, let us just respond to who you are. In Christ's name, amen. What you pray, I pray. Where you go, I go. What you say, I say. And what you pray, I pray. What you pray, I pray. Where you go, I go. What you say, I say. And what you pray, I pray. And what you pray, I pray. Without you 
in a chorus. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. What you pray, I pray. What you pray, I pray. Where you go, I'll go. Where you say, I'll say. What you pray, I pray. What you pray, I pray. Stop. What you pray, I pray. What you pray, I pray. Where you go, I go. What you say, I say. What you pray, I pray. What you pray, I pray. Jesus only did what he saw you do. He would only say what he heard you
There you go. Well, you got up, so thank you. Matthew 28, 16 to 20, the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain, where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's try this again. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Good to see everybody here. Everybody on overload about this time of year? Anybody? All right. I am. So um, we will be concluding our series today. Our series ends, I Won't Survive This Christmas. And uh, how many does that seem to fit really well? You don't feel like you're going to survive. It's getting kind of interesting. Um, we're going to have a, a special prayer um, right, after the, um, right after the service today. Um, for someone, and so I just want to go ahead and do that uh, in a little while. But I, I just want to go ahead and say that, you know, we, each of these weeks that we've been doing this series, we've been making a statement, a specific statement. And the first week, uh, our key statement was this, I won't get caught up in the lesser things, I will seek maximum Jesus. And uh, you might remember we talked about that the first week. The next week was our, our, our second week. That was last week. And I won't obsess on what is lost. I will build on what remains. Remember we were talking about um, beholding and looking beyond. And then what was the other thing? You remember it started with an N? Nevertheless. Remember looking for nevertheless. That when we have nevertheless. And it was really interesting this week. I got a lot of feedback from people who, who uh, had situations where they had to look beyond the specific situation and go ahead and say nevertheless. God is active and God is uh, very present here and what will happen. Today, 
Um, we're going to share, this is going to be another key verse, and I'd like you to go ahead and say it with me, and then we're going to go ahead and really unpack it. And here it is right here for week number three. I will not miss an opportunity to share Christ. I will be a bringer. Let's go ahead and say that all together. I will not miss an opportunity to share Christ. I will be a bringer. And um, so that's what we're going to unpack today. We're going to talk about what it really means to share Christ in this world. Uh, and to have a great opportunity to share Christ in our city, our uh, community, and our larger world. So here we go. Um, now, Christmas Eve services are right around the corner. We have two of them. And one of the great things about Christmas Eve is it's the time of year where you get people who don't like church. They want to go to church. Um, it's, it's that, you know, in the church that uh, they, we have all kinds of terms for, for those kind of things. One... Um, one term that was called C and, uh, C and E, um, uh, Christmas and Easter. Um, they had them. Another one was called Creasters. That's my favorite, uh, Christmas and Easter. But hey, guess what? You know, I call, it, I call it an awesome opportunity to share the love of Christ. So if you fit in that realm, awesome. We are welcome. We're glad that you're here. We're not gonna, we don't judge anybody um, because a lot of us who are here all the time, we have our own issues as well. Um, we're just uh, saved by the grace of God. So I, I'm thrilled about that opportunity. It's a great opportunity. As a matter of fact, last year during our Christmas services, we had a number of people who accepted Christ as Lord and, and Savior of the life. So that was a, a really great opportunity. So it's an awesome time for people to sing about that because everybody is singing Silent Night. They're hearing Away in a Manger. They're singing um, uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. So there's a nature where Jesus is out there in the culture that you can connect to. Now, one of the things I find that in all my years of ministry, I find one of the greatest joys that I find out in life is when someone begins to hear the word of God, the good news, the gospel, and begins to accept it and begins to see the presence of God in their lives. And also when people come in here and begin to recognize that they connect to some love from people. One of the things I continually get is that people feel very welcome when they first come in the doors and the people are very loving. Now, one of the things that I think is our challenge, and here's the challenge I want to give to you, and this challenge is simply this, that I want you to have an opportunity this week and until Christmas and through Christmas, hopefully, to get the gospel out. And you're like, what is the gospel? Gospel simply is a German term, comes from a German term, Gottspiel, which means um, good news. And so we're going to talk about good news today, the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things that we really need to learn is that Jesus was not born in a, in a feeding trough in a stable so that we can go ahead and go shopping. Um, he was not done so that we can go ahead and have candy canes, and uh, he definitely was not born so that we have fruitcake, because that stuff's disgusting. Um, but what was Jesus born for? What was Jesus born for? He was born to bring us in connection with the Father. He wasn't even born so that we can have Black Friday uh, and, and get all those deals. Now, that's, Black Friday has gotten better over the years, but still, I did some research this week, and I found out that um, on this Thanksgiving on Good Friday in Wyoming, um, a shopper was hit by a car in the Walmart parking lot because someone was trying to get in the doors to get the deal before it went over. And also, in, um, in uh, Tustin, uh, black, there was a Black Friday brawl in Kohl's over some clothing. Um, I like clothes, but not that much to fight over them. There have been seven deaths and 96 injuries since 2010 
um, on Black Friday. As a matter of fact, one of the most infamous ones happened in 2011. Two of them did. In 2011, where a woman in an area of vi- wanted a video game and she grabbed it and took pepper spray out and held everybody at bay on pepper spray while she got the video game. And probably one of the saddest ones happened also in 2011 in Virginia where a man named Walter Vance during the great rush to open the doors uh, collapsed in a target in Virginia and people saw him but stepped over him on their way to get their deals until a paramedic and a nurse stopped and sadly he was taken to the hospital and later died. Also, people could have stuff, which probably you can buy at a yard sale now, as it's been three years previously. So, but as I started thinking about that, it's often like our celebration of Christmas. We are so caught up that we are stepping over people to get to the next thing that we forget what the real meaning and what really needs to happen and who Christ is during this season and in our lives and what Christmas is really about. The whole point of Christmas is to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus was born, that he lived, that he suffered, that he died, and he rose again from the grave. In other words, Jesus came to be born to die. And as Luke 4 says, Jesus says, I am here to heal the brokenhearted, to uh, cause the blind to see, the lame to walk, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And as I look at that statement about brokenheartedness, I recognize that in my existence and in my, in my journeys, in just life, I find out there are many, many people who have pain of broken hearts, whether it be from loss of individuals or from jobs or what have you, or whether it be from no direction in life, or whether it be just by they're just tired of being tired. Anybody answer to that? That you're just tired of being sick and tired in life or whether it be health issues, regardless of what it is, there is a pain that causes a brokenness in our lives. And, but here's the good news for you. That's why Jesus came, to heal the brokenhearted and proclaim this is a year of the Lord's favor. It is those areas that we need to reach out and not just invite, but bring people to Jesus. One of the, that is one of the greatest things I've ever had. What I found out in some research from evangelists, is, and anybody know what evangelists are? They're the people, not, we're not talking just about the people on TV. We're talking about people who, who actually just go around and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Probably one of the greatest ones ever was Billy Graham, and we're going to talk about him in a little bit. But they find out that most people at crusades or revivals that come to Jesus, that begin to become Christians, 85% of them come to Christ because a friend brought them. And that's what we find is no different than when Jesus was on the earth. People brought their friends to Jesus. I'm taken back with disciples, how they went ahead and they took people to Jesus. Friends, all the disciples, Peter, James, and John, and others. Nathaniel, Bartholomew, others, they came to Jesus. But we also see the great story where there was somebody who was in need and they couldn't get to Jesus. So they ripped off the roof of of Simon Peter's house. Imagine how good that was. Ripped the roof off of his house and that's what happened. So today we're going to talk about the Great Commission. Anybody ever heard of this terminology as the Great Commission or Commission? That means we're not in it alone, but we're in it with Christ. And so even though Randy did an awesome job of reading for us, I want to go ahead and hit that again. I'll let you stay seated at this point. But I want to look at this again. But before we get into this, I also want to look back at what we're dealing with. 
Notice that Jesus says, the 11 disciples went into Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when he saw them, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, here's the co-part, the co-mission, surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. As we look at these words, what I find out is something very interesting. Jesus never told us that the whole world should go to church. But what he did say is that the church should go to the whole world. Stop and think about that again. Jesus never said the whole world should or would come to church. But he did say those who call themselves Christians and those who love me should and will go into all the world. So this is a, a different mindset than what we, many of us may have shared. We must go where people are. The Great Commission is given to every follower of Jesus Christ. And before the Great Commission, let's look at some of these things that Jesus says. Jesus has suffered. He has died. He arose from the dead. But during his suffering, as he was on the cross, he gave the Greek term to tell us die, which means it is finished. And for those disciples, that's exactly what they believed. And I see people in their lives and in their brokenness dealing with some of those same things. That if you're in a relationship, you say, to tell us die, it's finished. Or if you're in a, a, health, a broken health situation, you say, to tell us die, it's finished. If you're in a job situation, it's finished. That there are so many things that you find out if it's finished, if, that it's finished. And for many of them, they believe that they had absolutely no hope in life. And so what did the disciples do? They hid and they scattered. When you're broken, how many of you are hiders? When you're broken, you just like to crawl up in a corner and hide. You avoid the telephone. You avoid people. You tell everybody you're fine and you just want to get away. How many of you are scatterers, which means you run? You run wherever you can. You get away as far as you can. You just run away. You don't know where you're running, but you're just running. You scatter. Much like the disciples, we do the same things in our brokenness. Now, I find this interesting. So here's what's going on. You have disciples who followed Jesus, who were his right-hand people, who Simon Peter just recently said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, who now, when Jesus dies, they believe it's over. But then we have this other interesting verse in Matthew chapter 27. If you have your Bibles, just go ahead and turn there with me to Matthew chapter 27, chapter, verse 62. And this is after... Jesus has died, and they uh, go to the tomb, and here's what happens. Matthew records this. The next day, after the, day, the preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was alive, that deceiver, referring to Jesus, said, after three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Now, what we have here is an interesting situation. We have the disciples who were the believers that believe it's done, but we have the unbelievers who are saying, excuse me, can you go seal that? Because that guy said that he's, he he's going to rise three days later. What I find very interesting here is you have believers who don't believe that Jesus is rising from the dead, but you have unbelievers who are saying, hey, this sucker may rise from the dead. And you know, has anybody ever had those situations in your life when unbelievers kind of catch you in your unbelief as a believer. 
Like you may be in a point where you've been telling people to pray and to focus and to love God and to trust God and you have a situation in your life and then all of a sudden it happens and you're doubting and you're wondering and you're get, or you're getting aggravated. You're treating people nasty. You're just being ridiculous. And all of a sudden, so one of the unbelievers said, I thought you were a Christian. I remember when I was in college one time, I had a college roommate and he was not a believer. And we were, we were going out, we were in a car with somebody and I started screaming and yelling at him that he was stupid, he needed to believe in Jesus. That's always a good method to let people know that the love of God is, shut up and believe in Jesus, you idiot. It doesn't work, just to let you know. And we got in this argument and he said, where's the love of God that you're talking about? And I said, it's right here, shut up, you know. Um, and, that, and he caught me in that. And I've been caught in that many times in my life without the love of Christ being there. There was a great story one time down in Texas where there was a bar that was opening up. And this bar that was opening up, um, it was right near a local Baptist church. And the Baptist church really did not want it to open. So they met and had several prayer meetings and they began to pray. And as they prayed and prayed and prayed, um, they just said, God's going to do something. Then all of a sudden, before it was ready to open, lightning struck the bar and burn it to the ground. The bar owner sued the church for praying that their bar would be destroyed. When they went to court, the judge began to ask them what was going on and heard the case. Afterwards, he came and they said, no, we were praying and none of us did anything, but we, we prayed. And so the judge came down and as he was beginning to figure out his, uh, his final deal. He said, this is a very interesting case. For what we have right now is a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and a church that does not. And I wondered in my life, how many times do we end up in that situation where unbelievers are much like in the scripture here, believe more in the power of prayer than believers do. And what I want to ask you, do you believe in the power of prayer? And if you do, do you trust in the Lord to deal with all circumstances? As we sang earlier today, that no matter what's going on from the rooftops, I'm going to proclaim that I am yours. All that I have, all that mess, all the doubt, everything, it's yours, and I'm going to trust in you. Do you trust in the Lord that what he's calling you to do, that you are able to do? How do non-believers sometimes get it and believers don't? Jesus rises. He definitely rises and appears to Mary. He appears to Simon Peter. He appears to the disciples from Emmaus to 500 people at one time and then to the Sea of Galilee and while they're fishing. And everything had to build to this point and that here they are for this great commission that we call it right now. And here comes Jesus. And he begins to share with them the last words that he shares on earth before ascending to heaven. He says this, and he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All authority I have, I've given to you. In Mark's gospel, it simply says this, go into all the world and preach the gospel. There are things that we learn from the statement. I want to share a couple of these things with you in this remaining time as I'm looking at like the last few weeks of messages for this year. I, so what did the Lord place in my heart? Number one, I want to share with you these things that Jesus is saying, they are commands. Number one, they are commands. Notice that God did not say, or Jesus did not say, um, I, I know you're really busy. I know that you got to wrap presents, you got to find it. I'm Amazon's 
Dot-coms down, and you, want, got, you actually have to go out of your house to buy something. I know it's bad. So if you can kind of fit in sharing the gospel, um, would you please kind of do that? You know, I, mean, I don't know. You know, you're singing about, you know, mistletoe and holly, and, and, and I know that, that takes precedence over, over, you know, oh, come, let us adore him. But could, could you just kind of throw in one of those every once in a while to somebody and tell them about what it's about? Would you please, if you can, if you've got time in your schedule. No, he says, therefore, go. It is a command. Go. He doesn't say, please go. He says, go. Go. In other words, he says, get going. Look at the person next to you and say, get going. Oh, that's bad. Tell him again, get going. Far too often, we don't get going. What I find far too often in the church, we like to isolate ourselves. We like to isolate ourselves by having everybody around us who are Christians. Have you noticed that? And that's not a bad thing because Christians love fellowship. We need that. But we're not into the world as we should. The, uh, you know, I love the fact that Many of you would be offended by some of the things some of my Facebook friends put on my Facebook page. Because guess what? I got people who still need Jesus that are in my life. And that tells me that I'm somewhat in the world somewhere. You know, I, I found out a long time ago that sitting in an office, going through all my Christian stuff, preparing for all my self-Christian stuff, doesn't win anybody to Christ. Francis Chan, um, the founder of, of Cornerstone Church in Simi Valley, California, had a rule that if any of his staff was, was not counseling with somebody, not praying with somebody, not doing anything with somebody for a half an hour, they needed to get out of the building and go, win, go talk to somebody about Jesus, even if it's just walking down the street, getting coffee. We need to be in the world, you know what I mean? Um, and so that's, that's where we need to go and be and, and do. You know, some of us have our devotions in the morning. We make no contact with unbelievers. We, we watch Jack Cohen on Haven CC Sermons, and on, we have the app, and we watch it, and we listen to the music again and again. That's a little plug for you guys to keep doing that. Um, but we, we do those things. Those are good things. Those are really good things. I don't want to minimize that for our own spiritual life, but if you really want to feel the presence of Christ, spend some time with some people who don't know the Lord, and let God help you win them for him and help God bring them to you. So that's the first thing. We live a lot of times in our little Christian bubbles where nothing can get to us. And what Jesus doesn't require us to do is to isolate ourselves, but to engage ourselves. Not to be, we're told to be in the world, not of it, but be in the world so that we connect to people in the world. I look and have the honor every week of playing with with uh, Wayne's leadership up here, who is somebody that I went because Lisa, where's Lisa? Right there, she annoyed the packing out of me to go get ice cream. I was like, you go get ice cream. Why are you in this house? Go get your own ice cream. She wouldn't leave me alone. I went and had ice cream, started talking about cell phones with a guy, and here he is, the worship leader in the church. That was a God moment in the midst of all that stuff. You have God moments yourselves if we look for them. I was still mad at Lisa when I got home. I don't think I even got any ice cream that I mentioned about it. We need to engage ourselves in the world, not isolate ourselves. Number two, we learn these words are for everyone. Everybody say everyone. Everyone who follows Christ. Everyone who calls yourself a Christian. It's not something to just check off on a box. It's a lifestyle. And it's not just the disciples or the professionals, the preachers, the ones who have... Uh, a masters of divinity 
next to them or ones who have degrees that say they're clergy. What is our goal to be? So we have these two things. We learn from Jesus' statements that these are commands and that every follower of Jesus must follow this. So what are we commanded to do? We're commanded to make disciples of others. Make disciples of others. As we make disciples of others. What does it mean to make a disciple of others? It's an interesting thing. I, you know, Melinda, I'm going to go ahead and show that, if you would. I was debating about this, and I just thought the Lord leave me. There's a guy named David Platt. He's a pastor. He's pretty direct. And, and in preparing for the service, I, I was working on things. And then by the end of the week, this came up, this video. I cut it down. Um, but it just really hit me about making disciples. So will you go ahead and show that, Melinda? Maybe one of the reasons so many people in the church aren't making disciples of all nations is because they're not really disciples in the first place. You think about Jesus and his disciples from the very beginning to the very end, making disciples was in the DNA of this thing, right? To be a disciple involved making disciples. Follow me, Matthew 4, and I will, what? I'll make you fishers of men. Very end, go, make disciples of all nations. As those disciples were standing on that mountaintop, do you think that they had to be cajoled into going? No. And Jesus had to rein them in, say, the last thing we need is you guys out there alone. Just wait for the Spirit. Peter, you'll blow this thing from the stop. Start, just wait. Let him come down and then everything will be good. These guys ready to go. Making disciples is the natural, or maybe better yet, supernatural overflow of being a disciple. Proclaiming the love of Christ is the overflow of sharing in the life of Christ. And I'm convinced many people in our churches are just simply missing the life of Christ. And a lot of it has to do with what we've sold them as the gospel. Pretty heavy, huh? Pretty heavy for the church that maybe the reason why we're not making disciples is because we fooled ourselves into believing that we're disciples when we really are not disciples in the pattern that Christ called us to. Because the two things that we are commanded to do is to go and make disciples into all nations or into the world. Now, I don't know about you, but the world seems pretty big, doesn't it? But what I really believe is I want to I shrink this for you. Are you glad? I'm going to shrink this for you. What, I'm, what I believe Jesus is calling us to do is to go into your world and make disciples. Where you are, the term bloom where you're planted. Bloom where you're planted. You know, I think one of the things is that we, you look at your sphere of influence, your neighbors, your family, your friends, your people that you don't even like. That's where we need to let the love of Christ show in our, in our lives and existence. Because I believe, as he said here, we're not truly living out our discipleship in Christ. And by not living it out, we are committing sin. We're missing the mark of what God intended. And you're saying, how can I do that? There, because there are two types of sins. The sins of commission and the sins of omission. There's, there's your word. Somebody say commission. Somebody say omission. Sins of commission. There was a Sunday school teacher who asked what the, uh, 
ask students what the sin of commission was. And some little girl raised her hand. She goes, those are the things that we do that we should not do. And she said, very good. And, and recognizing that the sins of omission are those that we, we just neglect. She said, um, what are the sins of omission? And this little boy raised his hand. He said, those are the sins we haven't done yet, but we're going to do sometime. And so many of us have omitted sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as it's reminded to us, from the very beginning, Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. His last thing was, go and make disciples. It is active. Come, go, follow, make. Those are action words that are commanded to do by Christ Jesus himself. It's like if I had a a building that was on fire, and I said, oh, I'm going to get out of here, and I didn't tell anybody else, it's not only illegal, you are committing a sin by letting everybody else burn. And guess what? In many of our worlds, instead of just making church nice and fluffy, one of the messages of the gospel is simply this. If we don't share the love of Jesus Christ with somebody, It's worse than leaving them in a building to burn and die because what we are leaving them is to burn. And we don't want to talk about the H word, you know. We even have other terms for it, H-E double hockey sticks. Who wants to go to a place with H-E double hockey sticks? We don't want to offend people, but we are non-offending people into hell. And that's a major sin. Jesus said, go, Preach, be, by, by imitating what Christ has. We are called to interject Jesus into the culture by having a conversation. How do people come to Christ? Through preaching. In 1 Corinthians 1, 21, which you have in your bulletin, it says, Since God in his wisdom saw that, it, that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. What does Romans 10 say? Romans says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they have never heard about them? How can they hear about them unless somebody does what? Tells them. How do you tell somebody? You open your mouth. I believe that one of the biggest problems for our world today is the more, and and I've shared this before, the more the more uh, social networking we get, the less communicative we get. We've forgotten how to communicate with people verbally. And when we do that, we miss out, and I believe it gives Satan a great tool and gives him a great stronghold by not sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, we can use those things to do that, and I think that's awesome. But have you ever gotten an email? Have you ever sent something that you really didn't mean how it was taken? But if somebody said that to you in your face... It wouldn't have been taken the same way. Oh, what a great tool of the enemy to bring division. We have to verbalize the gospel. It's, be, it's like turning on the television news and they say, coming up at 11, a major story. And you click it on and they go, good evening. We got great news. And you're like, what is it? We're just living it out. We're just going to live it for ourselves. We got it. It's awesome. You would, you know, it's good. You'd be like clicking, waiting for something else. That's what we do when we don't share the good news of Jesus Christ in our lives. We have a problem that in many ways we've watered down the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've made Jesus something that we add to our lives. You know, if you come to Jesus, your life will be a little bit better. If you come to Jesus, your marriage will be a little bit better. If you come to Jesus, you may have some more success. If you come to Jesus, it'll add more fiber to your diet. 
Whatever it may be, I don't know if he adds more fiber, but you're, I guarantee your marriages will be better if you live in Christ fully. But it's not an additive, it is a life. All of us have sinned and fall short of God's glory, and we cannot make that up. Unless we turn, here's the good news, we must turn from our wicked ways of sin and recognize that we fall short. And that God sent his son to suffer and to die in my place. And if we turn and walk from those ways and turn to him, we can have life eternal. Instead of sharing with people that the wages of sin is death and that when we die, if we don't know Christ Jesus, even if we are, quote, a good person, we bust hell wide open. Somebody asks us, what would happen if I didn't accept Jesus? And we say, well, you're going to go to a very bad place. It's, it's hotter than August around here. Um, it's, um, it's smokier than Big Elk Lanes, Elk Lanes was before the smoking thing off. I mean, it's, uh, it's not a nice place because we're uncomfortable. If somebody asks us that, tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. Because a lot of times we can't accept the good news until we know the bad news in life. Here's the gospel in a nutshell. Jesus crucified on the cross. All other things fail in comparison. The great speaker, Charles Spurgeon, said this one time. He was asked to sum up the Christian faith. And he said, Jesus died for me. Jesus died for me. You see, there is power in the good news of Jesus. There's no power in me. There's no power in my words. There's no power in my workout. Believe me, if you've seen it, there's not much at all. There's no, and I'm so sore today, I can barely move. There's no power in my thoughts, but there is power in the life, suffering, and death and the blood of Jesus Christ. That's where the power is in the gospel of the cross. Billy Graham was asked several years ago. Everybody know Billy Graham? Billy Graham in his 90s, right? And Billy Graham was asked by Pastor Greg Laurie one time, if an older Billy Graham, Pastor Billy Graham, could go ahead and say one thing to a young Billy Graham, what would it be? What, what advice would you give him? What thing would you tell him to focus on all the more? What message would be more important that you would emphasize in your life and ministry? And without hesitation, Billy Graham goes, I would preach more on the cross and on the blood, for that's where the power is. Without all those things, without those things, we have nothing and we're wasting our time. As Paul says, if Christ did not suffer and die and raise from the dead, then we are fooling ourselves. Few things are greater in life than leading someone to Christ. Our, we have a big task of evangelizing the world. And how do we do that? Like someone once said, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do we evangelize the world? One bite at a time. Or let me put it in Christmas language. You just put one foot in front of the other. And then you are walking across the floor. You put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be headed out the door, right? It's here for Santa Claus is coming to town, amen? During this Christmas, many people will get electronics. They'll get iPads, iPhones, iThis, Macs. They'll get 
PCs, they'll get all this kind of stuff. And guess what? If you're like me, when I get Christmas gifts, it will be broken. Or something will be wrong with it. And you will go ahead and you will call customer support. And customer support is there and they, ask, they answer two questions. They ask two questions of you when you call. Number one, anybody want to guess what they are? There it is. What is it? Is it plugged in? You would not know. It's amazing how many people do not plug the thing in before they call. Is it plugged in? And the second question is, is it turned on? Obviously, somebody has had problems with electronics. Is it plugged in and is it turned on? And the question I have to ask you today, are you plugged into Jesus and are you turned on to him by the power of the Holy Spirit? Because if you're not, you're missing out on this. Because look at what Jesus said once again in verse uh, 19 of Matthew 28. He said this, Therefore, I'll read a little bit before 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whenever you see a therefore in the Bible, find out what it's there for. What he's doing is connecting two things here. He's saying all power and authority is given to me. So, you, therefore, I want you to get going. I want you to get sharing about me. Therefore, go. How do we do that? How do those things combine? Because the power that lives in Christ Jesus, the power that he has been given, he has also given to us. And he says, I will be with you forever, even to the end of the age. So that person that you have on your mind right now, who you know does not know the Lord, get going. Because all authority has been given to Jesus. And he called you to go and get going in it. The last thing I want to share here today, if you're nervous like me, is simply this. Those whom God calls, he empowers. Those whom God calls, he empowers. God gives you the strength to do it. Engage people in the gospel. Don't wait. Create opportunities. You know, pretty soon, as our praise team comes up right now, pretty soon, we're all going to be opening some gifts, aren't we? Anybody like to open gifts? And I've got to tell you something, ladies, do not worry about wrapping things because guys don't appreciate it. They don't. You could put it in a paper bag. You know, like, for instance, have you ever seen guys open cards? Guys open cards for one reason, to see if there's money in it. And so as you're going ahead and you're opening these things, don't try to go ahead and just make it all beautiful. Just give it to us in a plastic bag. I remember... Um, how do you receive a gift? When somebody gives you a gift, how do you receive it? What do you do? What do you do? You reach out and take it. God is offering you a gift. The gift of his son, Jesus Christ. He's saying, here it is. Here it is. All we have to do is just reach out and take it. And you know what's really cool? Each of us has our own special way of beginning to give that gift. I remember when Rachel was real little. She's 12 now. She had a gift for Jacob. And, you know, others had wrapped it. Emigel's always, like, wrapped. I think since she was three, she was wrapping my presents for everybody else. But she'd wrap. And I remember Rachel came down, and she had an afghan wrapped around his gift and handed it to him. Isn't that cute? And we laughed. It was hilarious. But her heart was... I want to present this best way, this in the best way to my brother because I want him to know that what I've given him is special. God presented his son 
the best way he knew how. By taking his hands, nailing them to a cross, and having you look upon that, and all this other crap and garbage that the church gets caught up in, that we as Christians get caught up in, means nothing, means nothing, absolutely nothing, apart from the love God has shown us. If we don't receive that gift, and we don't live in that gift, and we don't share that gift, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what Christmas is about. Get going. Amen? Please stand. Lauren, come here. We are um, going to pray right before, um, right before we... Uh, service. Um, God has been working in this lady's life amazingly, and Satan keeps trying to want to get a stronghold. She just got a diagnosis. We celebrated just a few weeks ago about her remission, um, but Satan's nailing the door again. She um, received news that she has brain tumors again, and they're going to do the cyber knife right this week, and we're just not going to accept that, right? Uh, she's been through so much, and God has been faithful so far, and we're going to trust and pray to his. We're not going to be like the church in Texas, we're going, to trust, we're going to be more like the bar owner and trust in prayer and healing in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? So let's just lift Lauren up in prayer. Lord God, we come before you, and this is a constant prayer that we're lifting up. And we, you have been so faithful. Every time when she has received news that tries to steal her hope, tries to st steal her joy, you come in and do the miraculous, God. And so right now as we speak, we claim that any attack of Satan be removed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. By the power of your blood, God, heal her body as we speak. And God, I'm just going to add an extra prayer that you protect her and you keep her safe. You, you be with her daughter. You be with her parents. And you give her peace of mind that, God, you are bringing restoration to her life. And you're telling her that whatever is going on in this life, you are here with her. And so, God, right now, we pray for this procedure as it comes up, that it'll be as successful and even more successful than it was before. And, God, that the greatest Christmas gift this year for Lauren will be healing in the name of Jesus. Healing in the name of Jesus. And anybody who believes that, just shout out amen. amen. And so when we have that, Lord, you say we're two or three are gathered, and there's more than two or three here. We're gathered in your name, and we are asking and claiming healing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. No weapon from Satan will prosper. This season is about Jesus coming into the world so that he would die and rise again. And in that we have power. For in your stripes, in your bruises, in your wounds, we are healed. We claim that for your daughter's life. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. I love you. This time, just please come to the altar and pray. The lights are going to be low. If you, want, if you want to come to the altar up here and pray, I'd ask like, um, if Donna... And Randy um, will come up forward. And Debbie, would you mind going to the, to the back on this side and pray with people? We realize some people don't want to come all the way up front. And so Debbie will be with you in the back to go pray. And just if, sometimes if you don't want to come up, that's fine. But just connect with somebody and just pray with them and let them, let them just touch your hearts. And Nicole sang this song, I think, when she was home last year, right? And, um, and we just kind of stole it because it just touches our heart. So... Just let the oceans of God's love just touch your heart to the end of the day. Amen.
call upon your name. I was um I was sitting up here while um she was singing that and I was just thinking I was thinking um just how how sometimes where God calls us um it's it's not easy and um and it's not easy for those of us who are around those who God calls at times I was just thinking about Nicole um who it's just uh, when you first started singing with us this young young kid um as a matter of fact, I still have the, phone, uh, the picture on my phone, and I won't show it. Don't worry. Um, but just how, you know, the whole thing um, lead me to where my trust is without borders. You know, I, I trust God, but sometimes I get real close to the borders that I have in my life. And, and you know, and, and what a great song that you're singing, because you're, you're most of the time some oceans away from us, um, which I don't like. I like her here, you know. But I know God is doing something awesome in her life. And she's answering his call to go and get going. And I'm just glad to love her enough to have her as part of my life. And see this young girl grow into a strong woman of God. I know Tony and, um, and Jeff and Teresa will be glad when those uh, oceans, God leads the oceans a little bit closer. But you trust in the Lord. Where's your borders? God wants to say, where are your borders in your life? Are they in your health? Are they in your relationship? Wherever they are, trust him beyond those borders. He said, go, therefore, into all the nations. And lo, I will be with you always. Couldn't make it without him, could you? Couldn't make it without him, right? Can't make it without him. Right, Thomas, will include you too back there. You can't make it without him. So don't leave this room today. Don't leave this room today without getting connected with him and receiving the gift that God has for you. And we'll, we'll hang out and do that afterward. That's awesome. Amen? Amen? All right. So, if you don't feel the presence of God here, somebody needs to check your pulse next to you, okay? Because it's here. Next week, we get to have our kids bring a Christmas message to us. And it's always awesome. I would say get here early because it, it'll fill up. We'll have everybody in their their eighth cousin removed, whatever that means, 
here to see them, and it'll be an awesome time. But most of all, carry the love of Christ with you in this world. We love you. High-five somebody, knuckle-punch somebody. Don't, don't high-punch them, knuckle-punch them. And say, give them a hug, tell them, hey, have a great Christmas day planning, and we'll celebrate Christmas coming up. Tell somebody about Jesus. Let's go. Awesome. Yeah.